everybody, this is No Bullshit Gaming Podcast, two and a half gamers, session number 42. We are sharing actionable insights, dropping knowledge from our day-to-day user acquisition, game design, and ad monetization drops, but also discussing latest industry news from time to time while having so much fucking fun. Let's not forget, this is still foreign conference discussion vibe. Let's not take it too seriously. Why are you smiling? What the fuck? Come on, no, it's, it's fucking fun. So it's fucking fun. Well, of course. We Ca- Carpeolo. 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 The Carpeolo. <laughs> That's how it is. Uh, and we have, uh, well, actually pretty busy agenda. Uh, so we are going to talk about some expansion on the sexes that from the previous uh, session. Um, and we are going to talk about gold and goblins game. And, uh, well, we are going to review it. Before we do that, uh, what's up? What's up? If you've built a mobile game for iOS or Android, you've experienced user churn. You can win those users back, but it's getting more and more expensive, even more so to acquire totally new users. Enter cross-promotion with Addictive. By identifying your users likely to churn early, you can showcase another game in your portfolio before they leave forever, transforming a lost user into a new user, increasing your revenues. Learn more now at addictive.com. What's up? What's up? <laughs> Survive What's up? another week with the kit. We'll be three weeks next Ooh. week. Oh, so congrats, that's great. I had uh, I had lunch this week with an industry friend who was like, "Oh, you guys like on the pod, you seem like such good friends." And I'm like, "Yes, we are." But let me just say this: no one knows how to piss Mati off better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, is this true? Uh, oh, maybe, maybe. Remember when I played maybe. that prank on you when I said UA was dead in front of another person? Oh, you were angry at me for like two days before like coming and confronting me. He's like. Why did you say in front of that guy that UA is dead and nothing's happening? I was like, to piss you off. It was a joke. And you're like, oh. Yeah. And you're telling, yeah, you're saying this story for like half of the year. Where's yes. another story? Ah. Give me another example. Yeah. I, I can piss my day better than anyone else. There you go. <laughs> we'll make so a new just, story just, in uh, Barcelona just, Games Forum. Oh, yeah. Just wait a few minutes until we get to the news. I'll show you how to piss Mati off. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, when I was uh, when I, <laughs> I was uh, doing the post production of, of our last session, I, I realized that uh, when Jakub was talking about uh, the Gods of Victory, I was actually saying something because I, I tried to, you know. <laughs> make shit of him but i was muted i didn't know because i didn't know because i i was uh, holding the mic uh in maldives and i was like why the fuck is he not responding like well it was kind of funny and it's like nothing and then i just realized like shit <laughs> oh my god so it's it's good well, so uh let's right. see let's see let's see how it goes but yeah uh, uh what do we have here yeah okay so i got back from maldives of course nobody cares but I got back and uh, I have my shirt on. So we <laughs> we had some some comments no, about me having a shirt on because the last session was, you know, it was too hot. I couldn't have shirt. But I also got back and immediately joined a singular webinar about the UA playbook play, play, playbook playbook uh, 2023. <laughs> It was amazing uh, organization. It was also very well received. I um, I got already some nice uh, feedback and messages. So good job, uh, Singular. It was really professionally organized, man. Very 
we're having so much like so many um uh questions and the team was just responding immediately and i didn't need to you know look into it so it was kind of nice uh and one of my friends told me i'm already like arnold schwarzenegger with like mobile strike so he opens the fridge and i'm there so uh <laughs> might <laughs> he opens up linkedin and i'm there as well so i might just uh try to stay away from some webinars next year because <laughs> i'm not not so annoying as i am at the moment but yeah fuck it yeah that's a good uh, benchmark so, if you see people in your fridge you know they're everywhere yeah exactly modern arnold schwarzenegger there you go <laughs> carpiolo again there we go uh, also, uh, makers of uh, Golden Goblin Studio, Red Cell Games, or fans of the podcast. Uh, so we're talking about your game, which is amazing. So guys, kudos to you for making a great game. And uh, also for everybody else from the industry, thank you very much for supporting us in the battle against the sexist ads by sharing our previous podcast with uh, your network. It really means a lot to us. And uh, what I can say... This is definitely not our last attempt to stop this behavior. So, uh, yeah, let's let's be connected and, and try to battle it together. Yeah. So I, I wanted to expand a bit, actually, on uh, what you talked about last week, because it's a very good insight that you gave kind of from a UA perspective. And I just wanted to expand on it a bit and talk about from what I see an, an admon perspective, because, you know, there's two places you can kind of block this type of behavior, right? Yeah. <laughs> but from an ad point of view, like point of view, this is an issue like I'm faced with every day and how it works from like what I do is we show sometimes millions, millions of ads a day and we have to reply, like rely on complaints that are sent to us about sexist ads. So we get a complaint, it's flagged, and then we go into our mediation, we look at ad review and then we find the ad, we look at it and if it's bad, we block the advertiser. Super yeah. easy, right? Super easy choice when it's a small advertiser. So I just wanted to talk about this situation I had with State of Survival in August. So pretty big game. Yeah, pretty big game, huh? So State of Survival is known to have kind of quite a lot of sexist ads. And our earnings randomly in one game ramped up with one network from 6K to 12K a day. And it stood like like was kind of always up there. And it was state of survival that had really good results from one of our particular apps that I was managing and they ramped spend and, you know, an extra 6k a day, that's 180k a month in incremental earnings. So, so do, do you have by any chance, uh, like any decimal points there? No, I don't actually. No, this uh, no, no, I, I, I stick away from them because there's this, like, you know, schoolyard bully. And then, you know, I was changing to try to be part of the cool kids. <laughs> Yeah, maybe if they start and picking on me, now, I can get back to my decimals. Yeah, you should. Yeah, well, it's you need to get back to decimals because now that's your signature move. Very good. Yeah, you need to show the bully the decimals. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Give me the decimals. All right. So anyway, so I was looking at the ads that were shown in the game, and we got quite a lot of complaints. Like thirty percent of the creatives they were showing were bad. So the network that this was being shown through was Unity. Uh, I messaged the AM and I sent the particular creatives that I wanted blocked, and basically. I brought, blocked the bad creatives on a creative level instead of blocking on an advertiser level. That worked for about three or four days and spend dropped by about like 3K a day. And uh, so half of the incremental earnings were gone. Uh, but then, you know, they got clever and added new sexy creatives <laughs> and spend again like ramped to like 6K a day, right? Extra. So, you know, in Admon, you're always reactive and it's very hard to be proactive. Like you can make block lists and everything, but it's never foolproof because new games come out, things like that happen. 
but it's only like 30% of networks that you can block advertisers on a creative level. It's the exception, not the norm. So now you're faced with this issue, like this game state of survival makes us an extra 180 K a month right now. Mm. So that's usually when I need to like to raise the issue, especially if like the company I'm representing is like a public company. So in this like time, like this time management was fully supportive. Uh, we blocked them as a whole because uh, it wasn't really worth it. Mm. But like the de deciding factor and where the decision usually lands, if like the app is adult, and you get a lot of complaints. Usually you don't block this kind of stuff. But by the way, like state of survival is like plus 12 in the app store, which is insane when you think <laughs> about it. And yeah. when you look at some of their creatives. So where I was trying to get to with this little story is I just wanted to shed some light on how it works from an admon perspective. And from my view, uh, there's two things that would like greatly alleviate this situation if it was true. And that is like, first thing, ads have to match the age rating that like of the apps that you're advertising in the app stores. And the second point is like, it would really help me from an ad perspective if every network allowed creative banning on a creative level instead of just on an advertiser level. And yeah, I really think these two things could greatly help to reduce like the amount of sexist ads in our industry. Does, does it mean that not all networks allow that? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So like, for example, mm. if I'm blocking on like app loving, you can't block creative level there, I think. Or I'm actually not sure about app loving, but I might get in trouble. But yeah, like it's not the norm. So it's only a few networks you can do it on. Okay. So if you don't do it on creative level, then you need to do it on published level, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Mm. But like, these are the amounts that you're sometimes faced with. Like they're pretty big amounts, right? And usually you have to get management to decide on that. So it's like, yeah, big issue. Yeah, it is. It's fucking suck. Uh, so let's try to fight this. So we don't need to deal with that anymore. Yeah. On the both sides. Yeah. It's an uphill battle, but we are ready. We're fucking ready. Yeah. There you go. Oh, Remo. Oh, okay, are you taking so... Are you taking a bow uh, for the um, next segment? Yeah, next segment, very small one. Uh, I always said this. Mate always disagreed. Uh, here's the truth. It happened as I told it will happen, which means the FTC has officially said that he's trying to block the merger of Activision Blizzard he's with Microsoft. To block. He's trying to block. It's not blocked yet. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see how this it's not ends. over till it's over you know exactly so let's start yeah, you know. mr mr bobby Kotick yesterday ran an email throughout the company that everything's good and they're just gonna fight it in a just there trial and and everything will be great which i guess we will see how it will go but we'll <clears> as see. i said it will probably not fly that easy with the american regulator which is happening these days so we'll check it closely but if if this actually gets blocked, like I mean, on the final final stage decision level, it will send a really big shockwave throughout the industry. So yeah, let's see how that one goes. Let's see how that one goes. So it's not Bunker final. Bobby. Fuck off. Bunker Bobby loves a fight. Like, come on, he loves a fight. Bunker Bobby wins Dude. always. Don't, uh, like, just, I'm, don't I'm just super, smile yet. I'm super interested how the arguments will be going in the trial. Like what what will be, you know, because it's pretty easy for like the the sides telling that it's a monopoly when they pretty much take on Call of Duty and just you know put it behind Xbox and X, you know everything Microsoft pretty much and take it out. But I I, I don't know where where was I? Uh, somebody was saying that uh, 
it took this is uh, not gonna happen it's no, 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 it no, no. go through it, it took the best movie of the year one month to get uh one billion and it took 10 days for call of duty it was that. laura and uh, yeah, uh, yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. There. So that that was a good good uh, example of the scale we we're talking about. Yeah, but again, it's not over yet. So uh, let's check. Let's check in a few months. Well, it, it's not gonna be in a few months actually. Yeah, it's gonna be longer, I guess. Yeah, it's gonna be long. So we'll see. Okay, we can now move to the actually the the topic of today, uh, which is a review of the Gods and Goblins. Uh, game and as I mentioned at the beginning there is a red cell games behind the games guys who made adventure communists so what a great genre expertise right Jakub yeah we'll get to that yeah of course you will get to that so <clears throat> just briefly game made like 45 million uh, since appearing on the app store that from what I just uh, looked uh, at the beginning of 2021 and that was only in-app purchases which is a nice like three to four million a month. Again, only for in-apps. I don't want to spoil it completely, but I had a, a peek to Felix admin part and phew, ugh, the game is monetizing super well on ads, making it 50-50 split. You can do the math, right? So uh, like, do you know guys, uh, Felix and Jakub, like what is this ratio or situation called within uh, the UA managers? The 50-50 split. A gold mine. Okay, one one way. Okay, yeah, that's that's a good one. The goblins are in the mine, so it's easy. <laughs> oh, Jakub, make a guess. Home run. Jakub, come on. Oh, I don't know. Of course, you don't know. You're not so creative at come all, on, right? Man. Make a guess. You can't just take, like, make a guess. The fuck? What's what's so hard to make a guess? Just say a random a random word. If you don't... Royal straight flash. Nice. Okay, it's UA manager's wet dream. <laughs> most most generic bullshit that you could. Say. Of course, of course. <laughs> and this is how you piss Jakub. Piss Jakub. <laughs> very easy. Very very easy. All right. So uh, this is uh, like giving the UA team obviously so many opportunities to drive growth and scale the game quite heavily. And I think we are seeing here a nice combo of great UA team and great game developer and great game team working together. So amazing work. Let's take a look at the country mix uh, in terms of the downloads of revenues. Well, I guess uh, no surprises here. US is the top performing country in terms of downloads and, and revenues. And then followed by Germany, UK, Canada, Australia, South Korea, a little bit here and there, Japan, France. Netherlands and Norway, Sweden, and then some others. So Nordics, pretty pretty interesting uh, up up in there. In terms of the channel mix uh, and the UA, we are seeing usual suspects as Facebook, Google, Unity, Uplovin, Iron Source, uh, TikTok, and uh, Vangle. But from what I see right now, they scaled back the budget quite heavily in the last ninety days, especially. They pulled back the spend on Facebook. Well, surprise, surprise. But they it looks like they actually went close to zero. Uh, but of course, uh, as if they knew we are going to talk about the game on the podcast, I started seeing one of their ads on Facebook very recently on Instagram. <laughs> so apparently they relaunched the Facebook a few days ago with the new creative, which is a little bit different, uh, a little bit more isometric uh, slash 3D. 
slightly different concept. In terms of the other like uh, channels, Google spend is pretty stable, but there is only one. It appears there is only one winning creative, which is getting all the spend across all the geos. Uh, which is the well, I'm going to talk about it. Uh, I see some pulling back of spend on other channels, but not as significant as, as Facebook. Uh, there were some like bumps here and there uh, in terms in in the last uh, two weeks in terms of the like spend increase, but um, the overall scale is definitely lower than let's say uh, a month ago, two months ago. So. If I would need to guess how much they were spending before uh, this scaling back, I would assume it's somewhere around like one to two million a month. And uh, how did I get to this number, you might ask, actually? Well, unfortunately, I don't have any fancy Excel sheet calculations with decimals like Mr. Felix over here. <laughs> but... <laughs> But based on, on numbers of creatives that are live, um, number of ad networks and uh, some like downloads versus revenue numbers, this would be my guesstimate like based on what I would be actually spending. So if I, uh, if I have all these uh, creatives live, all these ad networks live, that's, I would be spending maybe somewhere between one to two millions a month. Uh, you, know, you know, cats come here for decimal places, not for guesstimates, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Cats love decimals and this podcast as well, of course. Definitely Nordic cats, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. We don't see their data, but as I mentioned before, this is the UA manager's wet dream. So what kind of campaign structure might, might they have? Uh, it's kind of easy. Uh, they're running everything they can, all of the optimizations that are pretty much available. So address campaigns, Google, Unity, and Uplavin, and, uh, and using um, purchase and value campaigns on those channels at the same time. Pretty sure that they're, they're running this on TikTok and Facebook. Well, at least they were. So uh, with this split, you can run profitably, even maybe even up install campaigns uh, to drive a little bit scale here and there. So in terms of the creatives, uh, they found their own creative uh, like winners, which is working super well for them. And now they're trying to iterate on it quite heavily. Uh, it's usually like around uh, the creative concept is usually around the like goblins drilling and trying to find gold, upgrading their pickaxes or machines to drill more and more resources. Uh, this creative uh, has actually everything, in my humble opinion. Resource management, it's uh, showing upgrades, progression uh, in drilling as well. And they're also showing in these uh, creatives, uh, at least some concepts, like what actually player can achieve different levels. Oh, well, different levels. But uh, what I'm a bit skeptical about is the fact that this is basically only one concept they're banking on uh, that works well. So even if they have infinite iterations, I'm not sure how sustainable it is. And uh, they're not using actually real gameplay. So fake ads, skeptic Jakub might be disappointed a little bit here. But actually they are using altered gameplay or, well, I can say just fake ads with real assets, which I think is the next trend we are going to see next year. Oh, was it the prediction? Oh, fuck my life. Felix, <laughs> there you go. Felix hey, quickly continue until people you, notice it, please. Did you just make a prediction? <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, no, let's continue. <laughs> now, I think like, overall this uh, this game uh, performance and the UA activity is uh, pretty pretty good. Uh, if I need to compare it uh, with our previous review uh, in terms of the Rumble, oh, not Rumble, 
uh, rival, <laughs> not even rivals. What the fuck I'm talking about? Rush Royale is the game. Uh, then uh, it's maybe slightly behind. I bet, but that's only because of like uh, Rush Royale has a lot of different creative concepts. They are all like all the time bringing a new and new concept on, uh, into the table. This this one is just uh, just one great winning concept. So yeah, there you go. USA. So wait, wait, I had a question following yeah. up on that. So sure, basic. Sure. So the only tips you'd have here would be to have more creative concepts and yeah, iterate more to try to get a new concept going that also works. I would definitely spend more time on the creative testing and uh, and creative brainstorming because you have you know they have all the channels alive, all the all the, all the ad networks as well, like Unity and then Apple. I mean, I checked the 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 source level performance seems pretty okay uh nothing uh like extraordinary as the, the marvel snap uh solitaire <laughs> traffic it's completely bullshit so this looks pretty pretty healthy good job yeah so but the game is scaling so so fucking well yeah <laughs> yeah so i've been wanting to do a, an ad one deep dive on gold albums for like a very long time like i really think that this game is like in top three games in the world right now with the highest rewarded impression per daily active user right now. If not in the top like three, it's at least in the top 1% of getting their users to commit to watching rewarded ads. Would you say 1.00%? Uh, I was gonna, in my notes, I calculated to 1.003, <laughs> but then, you know, uh, you know okay. the schoolyard bullies. So, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. didn't want to get my lunch money taken. So I decided to, you know, come forward. Lunch decimals? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Give me your so, lunch decimals. Yeah, so what Red Cell have done so well in the game design is to create so much harmony with rewarded ad placements and the core loops that it just makes sense for users to watch rewarded ads. And as a player, you don't even bat an eyelid when you're faced with a choice. You play the game for maybe around 20 minutes and you hardly notice that you watched at least like 10 rewarded ads in that time. Uh, for those of you who not play the game, uh, they have tons of rewarded ad placements. Some are like chests in the store, random consumables that delivers like Elixir, Coin, Goblin, Welcome Back, Double Up placement, ad boost to X your profits for yeah, X amount of time. All good ad placements that make sense. But then there is the absolute killer rewarded ad placement and that's spin the wheel placement. And man, wow, like well, chef's kissed. This is a hell of an ad placement. Wow. So the spin the wheel placement uh, is that you can exchange for watching a rewarded ad. You spin a wheel where you have a chance to either move forward time, increase gems, or increase the number of goblins. Uh, the wheel is capped at five spins per two hours. And the first spin when you enter back into the game after the two hour cooldown time is for free. So it helps foster behavior that whenever you enter the game, you open this wheel up. Uh, so which in turn, like, yeah, it just, just like, so how the game loop like works uh, is that like the gameplay is designed. So sometimes you're just sitting and waiting for goblins to hack away at some stones and at that, like it says the exact time it will take to finish like hacking away on the stones. Uh, the wheel, like uh, the spin, the wheel has eight slots, four of these slots help to speed up time. So when you're just in one of these holding mom like moments, you always just go and watch a rewarded ad from the wheel. And for me, it's like one of my, like, I think like the best executed rewarded ad placements because like it's so many rewarded ads you can watch and it's just so good. Like, so and I think that, 
the the cherry on the cake here as well is during events which are super fun to play by the way uh and like during an event it's a separate spin the wheel ad placement so you also have another further five spins on another cooldown timer so even the shop is separate yeah the event yeah yeah exactly so like how the core loops work with the wheel is so good like so good you wanted to interrupt Mathieu? what's up no i just want to say how beautiful it is yeah yeah, by the way, one, one, one misconception, the wheel can give you one more high-level goblin, not more goblins, because there's a different yeah, yeah, thing yeah. which limits the number of goblins. Yeah. So I had a look in our favorite data tool, not our second favorite, because with Rush Royal episode, like all the SDK <laughs> data was wrong. So never using that one again. Boof, out. So this time I looked in our favorite one only. And active users in the last four weeks was 1.4 million on both Android and iOS. 185k of those were from the US and some top geos, which Machi also said before, Denmark, Sweden, Norway, because we absolutely fucking love goblins in Scandinavia. Germans love cars, the French love cigarettes. Us Scandinavians, we love two things, flat pack furniture and goblins. (laughs) Anyway. 1.4 1.4 million DAU. Uh, I'm going to go on a limb here. And I think that the impressions per DAU on a normal day for rewarded is somewhere between 13 to 14. Ooh. And I think on the low end, their ad viewer rate is at least 75%. So putting in the ECPM numbers that I've seen in the last 14 days, I think these guys have made at least 120K a day from ads. So compare that to their IAP revenue, that means, which was around like what, like 3.7 million? Yeah. That means exactly what Mathieu said earlier. These guys are earning somewhere between 50 to 55% from ads. And it's just an absolutely amazing admon machine. Um, So what I'm like, yeah, uh, I know what I'm saying here, but like I have a feeling that the session lengths are about like 19 to 20 minutes. So. But I'm pretty sure that six and a half of those minutes are spent like watching ads. <laughs> and this is the point where I'm supposed to offer insight on how much like X or Y ad revenue they're missing out on. So my advice here would be, I don't know, give a goblin sunglasses or something. Just don't change anything because yeah. the admon practice <laughs> is so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't touch it. it. Yeah, don't it touch it. Like, yeah, yeah, you're going to mess it up. Don't touch it. No. No, this is great. I mean, yeah. I, I see the I see the growth. Like uh, as soon as they started uh, running the the UA, and there is like one interesting uh, info, uh, but I'm not sure if I can share. But fuck it, I'm not. If you want the if you want to hear the uh, yeah like interesting uh, information, reach out to me. So. <laughs> I thought for he's going to plug his newsletter there for a second. Okay. Yeah, I also yeah. thought so. Oh, nice. Okay, well, thank you very much for doing that. So if you can, if you want to hear that uh, back channel story, sign up to my newsletter. There you go. Marketing. Right, I want to hear this. Uh, I, I want to do it, but we, you did for me. Thank you very much. Uh, you're... All right, I want to hear the game design stuff on this. And just so you know, Jakob, since you yawned during my segment this, like last week, I'm going to yawn during this one. Yeah, yeah, please. Sure. Go ahead. No worries. History lessons coming as usual. <laughs> because in order to understand the future and the present, we need to look into the past, especially with this senior team. Um, so looking back at the whole genre, uh, Back, I mean, really back, back into the days of adventure capitalist, where idle genre was pretty much like a scalable Excel sheet. Uh, this has come a really, really long way forward of what's 
currently pretty much driving the whole genre. Uh, just to remind like everybody, Adventure Capitalist, as I said, was just an Excel sheet, increasing numbers where, you know, the, the way to go, people liked increasing numbers and then you reset that and do that again. So back in the days, uh, I think there wasn't any idle, idle game that was able to drive IAPs heavily. It was mostly ads and, and that that's it. Even, even in the beginning of... Uh, Idle Miner, which is the next history example, which runs on this three like chair problem where you have three nodes and if you upgrade one, the two other gets into imbalance and you need to, you know, make the system better and every time you touch it it's get into imbalance. Uh it was also first running on ads mainly, but afterwards the game also switched into fifty fifty, if I understood correctly, because mm-hmm. Colibri added uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of content and progression into it. Even though uh, my guess is that they were adding these things after the, the mm-hmm. next iteration, which is Trailer Park Boys, which did the really, really big evolution. Uh, Idle Miner don't have uh, Idle Miner doesn't have it that good as I would like to, or let's say maybe the game was kind of too far off uh, after the global launch to add it uh, in mm-hmm. in a way that I guess it's supposed to. But Trailer Park Boys really uh, introduced a gacha. Uh, into the whole genre. I mean, the shared system from Clash Royale, which seems like a RPG-heavy mid-core gacha, but in the end, it's it's just a genius trick how to pace content throughout an idle game, which means like you're collecting cards and you're getting better and, you know, seems like a collection RPG mechanic, but in the end, it's pretty much very well fitted for the notes of the, like, parts of the game, which were before those like lemonade stands and all refineries in Adventure Capitalist is pretty much the same. So that's that's like a very, very big driver. And what, what Gacha brought into the whole thing, you have now stuff to buy that makes sense and that lasts. That's the most important thing. Because before the whole thing got resetted with prestige mechanic and then you need to start over. Now with the new wave of these let's say gacha based idle games, uh the things that you get from Gacha are permanent, therefore they have value, therefore you can buy them and they're appealing to be bought. Uh, continuing on the history lesson, there's Adventure Communist, which uh, pretty much remade the game after global launch halfway through into, again, a Gacha-based game where pretty much Gacha cards or whatever characters or what they, what they were having, they are pretty much the multipliers of specific nodes and like the abilities and pretty much increasing your economy output and they also had this like genius genius live up cycle uh i don't know if they were already in trailer park boys or adventure communists did that where you pretty much have these short bursts of events where they last for like up to a week or something and it's pretty much a copy of the current game and you you are able to progress very quickly because this is one of the main issues with the idle genre that if the numbers get too high the progression gets too stale and in order to get somewhere meaningful it takes too much time so starting from the beginning, it's great, but we don't want to do that in this this game because we wanted to ditch the prestige mechanic so we can have the permanent gacha stuff to be bought by real money. So somehow we need to do, again, the resetting, really, really nice feeling of starting from scratch. So why don't do it through events? And that's what happened. And Golden Goblins is pretty much exactly that. Uh, it ditched the like typical idle genre UI where you have like all of these nodes and like, Thank it God. seems like... Yeah, you are yeah. exercise, let's say. Uh, they switch it for this really, really gorgeous mine. It looks like from Diablo, to me, to be honest, or some kind of like a RPG game. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, it's really appealing, to be honest. 
but the important thing is that they added active core gameplay. And this is the killer feature of the whole game and the whole iteration, that you have something engaging and satisfying and very, very, very satisfying to do in between the timers, mm. the golds accumulation and everything kind of goes in. So the that, barrels. That, yeah, the, the barrels, the blocks, the merging and everything. Like, actually, it reminds me of Diggy's Adventure, to be honest, a little bit. Yeah. Like we, well, back in the, the days, we were at Pixel, like there was this game called Diggy's Adventure, which works great by you going around adventure in a 2D map and removing blocks out of yeah. your way. And it's very, very satisfying. <clears throat> This game uses the same mechanic, just with the twist that it takes a little bit more time. It's not directly like you spend energy and block gets removed. It's pretty much block gets removed slowly, depending on how many goblins you throw onto it and how mm. strong the goblins are. Because uh, there's a little bit even of a puzzle element into the game, which is great, which again, like the positioning of the goblins, how you, you know, Let's remove first this block, and then we can put two goblins on that other block, and so on and so forth. So it's very, very engaging, and it's helping greatly with the pacing. That that's that's the true innovation of it. That there's always an achievable milestone that you can do all the time, every session. Chip one block away, chip second block away, and if you get to another mine, the layout is different. It's not the same as with all other idle yeah, mines. Like so. another idle miner mine is pretty much the same reskin mine all the time. The layout's the same, the UI is the same, everything the same. Here, the level design is different. There's sideways where you need to go and dig the chests out of the blocks. There's this, there's that, and so on and so forth. So there's actual level design involved, which makes the great flavor when you are pretty much going against the same and same core loop. So. That's the true innovation, I would say, uh, on top of it. And the event cycle, as I said, with the adventure communities, they pretty much have the same. Hmm. So that that's like the standard feature nowadays that idle games have these kind of rush modes of you starting a new game and then getting on the leaderboard. Actually, the the, the rewards are pretty meager, to be honest, for me when I was looking at it. Like, I mean, the, the permanent stuff that you get from an event that will be added to your main, main inventory. But yeah, that needs to be meager because... You know, if you do it many times and you run the events many times, supercharge your power progression. So you don't want to do that. So that's that. can I ask a question here? What do you think of the little cutscene videos that they have when you get out of the mine with a goblin celebrating? Ah, that's like, nice. Oh, so nice. Those so are nice. And by yeah. the way, they are they are kind of like generated because the position of the goblins in before the gate are the ones that you place them. They are not you know generically done. So they they are they are very very nice. Yeah, it's it's like a gorgeous game to be honest. Uh, Going back to the core gameplay, uh, goblins pretty much increase your merge, uh, like your block removal power, the digging power. That's really good because again, if you merge those, you can concentrate it much more precisely. They also throw in these kind of dynamites, which again bring a little bit of more strategic thinking: which block to remove and which block not to remove. And again, optimization is the key here. Like people find pleasure in optimizing within these games, so give them more stuff to optimize, they will be more happy. Of course, that that. That checks perfectly. Uh, yeah. The barrel spawning mechanic. This is also very good because usually games do it in a way that like stuff appears and you have this kind of a nice popping thing. And on top of it, you have the merging mechanic where, again, merging is very satisfying by itself. But there's this very, very, very good dynamic ad placement baked into the barrels, which, uh, yeah, I'm going to skip that part one but i get to all the ads placements later but this one's pretty much a direct upgrade for what was there in adventure communist and all mm -hmm. the idle 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 games where 
they have this really, really nice dynamic placement, which is usually some stuff flies over the screen and you need to tap it in order to get it. Sometimes it's a direct reward. Sometimes it's an ad offer. Uh, but you need to consciously kind of watch out for it and tap it. These guys did it even better because you don't even need to watch out for it. It will wait for you there in the line with all the other barrels. Mm. Therefore, you will need to click on it anyway. And yeah. you still don't know it will be an ad or it will be just like a normal resource. So yeah, it feels like 30% all... of the time is for an ad and the mo- yeah. majority of time is not for an ad. Yeah, th- so th- like, you always part... watch the ad. Yeah. Yeah, there's a particular effect question mark. By the way, if you close the ad, you don't want to watch it, it disappears. So the barrel, mm. you know, that's yeah. there. Uh, usually how I, I saw this system, the game checks for your answers. The game checks for your answers, meaning that they can then adjust your conversion point. Like for how much stuff will you convert for the ad? So we'll offer you like a level six goblin. Will you watch that? No. Okay. So next time we'll offer you more. Or mm. you convert it, we won't offer you more. So yeah. this this is great also on the developer side to optimize the revenue there. So that placement genius. Uh, and then continuing forward, as said, no prestige mechanics. So yeah, I hate that, that in the idle games, man. Yeah, oh. that, 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 that's great that we move, move past this because the prestige in itself is the gacha. Gacha is the prestige mechanic where you still collect the cards. They are, you know, stable you have them every mine and they just scale up so it's it's all like there's i guess this very very big math table somewhere and big excel sheet that's driving mm, this course. that was really hard to do but it's done perfectly so that, that's great well if you have the genre expertise it's not that hard to do yeah it's there called genre expertise exactly like if you, if you were doing adventure communities before making this game you just focus on the innovation part you don't yeah. you know really go yeah, from like how to all, make a all, wheel all the basics and the defaults already yeah yeah uh, so going back to the gacha, we have a typical shard gacha that looks like Clash Royale from the surface, but in the end it's a little bit different. Uh, the other innovation that these other games did is that we have an infinite deck slot here because all the cards are pretty much used all the time. We don't choose like a composition that we use. The only thing that kind of we choose is that we need to dig ourselves to specific nodes in order for those to, to be active. But other than that, all the deck nodes are pretty much used all the time. So even though like every node or like a gem has their specific goblin, we have the like special nodes, which is like how much stuff it gets from rocks, how fast goblin spawns, how fast the mineshaft cards are or everything. But they are used automatically. <clears throat> so it doesn't happen like in shard gacha games where you have the other cards just waiting there and doing nothing. Here everything is <clears throat> sorry. Everything is being used all the time. And then uh, it scales. It scales very well. It scales perfectly. It's completely scripted. You can see that you can mine chests out of the rocks, which is again scripted, and they pace the progression perfectly. Going for the ads, uh, there's the so typical. You may you you also before like mentioning the the pacing. Like, why is it important? Pacing here is really important because of exponential growth. Mm. Exponential growth slows down progress all the time, and there's problems with it. We see it everywhere. We see it with Clash Royale. That's why Clash Royale introduced these kind of skip items to help people to move forward, because exponential growth in numbers slows down. And what you need to have is to keep the frequency of you progressing from point A to point B in a manageable time. Because with exponential numbers, the time between you progressing from A to B just increases until it reaches an unsustainable or, let's say, a fr- frustrating level where it's not fun anymore. And that that's the problem. 
Okay, so basically what you need here is uh, system and vectors. <laughs> I was waiting while these things <laughs> pops up. <laughs> yeah, you need to have design space and you need to create vectors in order to mediate it. Yeah, that, that, that's right. I want to hear about the ads. I want to hear about the ads. Yeah, yeah. Uh, continuing with the ads. So shop chest there, uh, spin wheel. Yeah, the spin wheel is really genius. It even has its own UI placement on the bottom. So it's there. Uh, there's five of those that you can watch. It's great that they are pretty much not giving away that much economy because you're just mm. giving away goblins and time and they will vanish away. So time is money. just notice is money. that there's no gacha content in the wheel mm. because it's really, really cheap. So if they would be yeah. giving cards or like something like that, that's that's much more expensive regarding the spending depth. Mm. So it's 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 genius. Like you know, doesn't like time doesn't matter for them that much. Um, yeah, X two profits, uh, typical thing. You can stack it four times up to twelve hours. I think I've seen it many times these days. Like it's pretty much a must watch. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a must have feature. Uh, when you balance uh, idle game economy, you always balance it around you having this feature always on. Otherwise, if you're not always having this always on, you're just scrolling on the floor yeah. and pretty much trying to get somewhere. It, it's normal. So definitely very, very good conversion. Kind of, you know, best best even for user time for money. Uh, then the welcome back uh, thing, doubling your stuff as usual. Nothing special there. And as I said, like the special barrel is for me the, the kind of most innovative at placement there. I haven't seen anything else, uh, but I always, like from my side, I always best like the ad placements that are dynamic, that are not part of the UI, permanent UI that can be modified, pretty much adjusted based on user behavior. And, you know, they are part of the core gameplay. So that that's the best one, definitely. Um, yeah, event mine, as I said, it's great to have some kind of a fresh beginning where numbers grow up from lowest ones to higher ones very fast, giving you a lot of satisfying feelings and change of scenery. Currently, the game is running some kind of a candy frenzy themed mode. So you're pretty much in this kind of a candy crush village, candy crush mine, eating candies. Well, I However, guess it's, it looks... uh, Christmas or it's around the corner. So yeah, maybe Christmas by next week. Yeah, we'll see. Well, these games run these events pretty, pretty fast. I mean, like multiple of those during the month. So mm. I guess they, because this was what, like it's three day event. So I guess the cadence is pretty, pretty high. So and it's easy. There's, I didn't saw any custom functionality for this one. Uh, there's also a leaderboard there. So of course you can compete with people there. And the important thing, and this is really important, they have a separate shop, separate ad wheel, separate gacha charts and separate permanent currency in that shop. So everything there is pretty much doubled regarding the spend mm. depth for that short period of time. And the mm. only thing that uh, you carry over from there is that short list of rewards that you get from there, which is kind of small to be honest. But yeah, I guess people don't really play that much for the rewards. Jakub, um, how important is the leader leaderboard here? I mean, uh, for this type of game in the event? Um, games have a certain percentage of player base that is, you know, driven by pvp in whatever manner sure so i guess it's nice to have it's mm. definitely not something that you would you know base the whole game on because in the end this is a pve driven game yeah, pretty yeah, much yeah. with like the mind being your main enemy and you need to go through it so i would say yeah it's good and nice to have it it's not really some kind of a big functionality so it's, it's not the game changer basically it's mm. just like nice i, I, I don't think okay. so okay like 
maybe if, yeah i i don't think so like even if like a you don't see any like social systems here mm. like very big yeah, would it be important that. in this type of game again i don't yeah. think so it is so yeah okay. the, the game thrives on be, thrives on being simple that, that, yeah, that's yeah. really good with it so i wouldn't complicate it that way and uh yeah to be honest the the main goal of the like the main motivation of the player base i guess pve so mm. it's best like the only problem that i had with it or let's say no not problem but improvement that i don't know how far did you guys get but i'm like mine 10 and uh it's great and everything and like i'm clicking like crazy it's really really addictive but but i would really like to flesh out the level design a little bit more maybe what does it, it like, mean little bit more mean? mechanics around the rocks or like different things maybe that would switch uh, again the flavor because like a it... constant clicking on a rock could help you like decrease the timer i don't know like something that kind of changes a little bit mm. between because it gets uh a little bit too more same of the same kind yeah. of too fast for me it is repetitive but kind of maybe because i saw saw a lot of these things already or just because i kind of of course because it's you saw all of these things already millions of times you, know, Martin, you are a very big fan uh, of adventure you know, communists, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. nothing that Remo hasn't seen, man. Seen and I, I, I always get this problem when I hit this with point. those glasses. When I hit the point where I've seen it all, point, <laughs> and it's like the game's like, what's there to do? But in these games, you know, it's different where people find pleasure in optimizing and like getting somewhere. So, what did you optimize in in your pleasure gameplay? <laughs> oh, like, to be honest, like I'm pretty far. I would say with what i did like it's like you know hoarding dynamites for the last gate and stuff like yeah. that so it's like yeah that yeah. that's good but i don't know like there's a lot of uh design space and vectors with the level design <laughs> that i guess the team can definitely add upon uh. and make it more more interesting especially in the events like if you are kind of afraid that the mechanics could be too complex or you know problematic just run them in the events and see how the players will like them and if they're good add them to the main game that's the usual safe way to do like no worries there that's a really good piece of advice there that's good also uh there is definitely backchannel information but I, I i would say a rumor uh, or words words on the street is not only this type of like event uh, experiments uh, are good advice but there is also um or might be um that they are implementing some of the creatives or like the mechanics from the graves into the game. Mm. So you and get that, the director and stuff man, like that? Yeah, and that's like, ah. that's fucking clever. That's super clever. Yeah, that so, would be great. Like an event based on that, that you had like a machine to drive somewhere and like destroy yeah. everything and stuff like that. Yeah, that would be great. So, ah, lots of stuff. What, was was this the game that we've done a like deconstruction of that probably we had the least amount of feedback on? Which one? Mm, well, one? Rush Royale as well. Yeah, but this, yeah. I think this, yeah, these yeah, two yeah, yeah. definitely were very yeah. well made from like all the aspects. All the aspects. Yeah, but you can see the clear evolution here. Like if, you know, on the surface level you probably won't, but if you really take that history lesson and look from <laughs> Adventure Communist, Trailer Park Boys, Idol Miner, and like all of these things, how the genre has come so far, it's like, yeah, something completely different and much more, I would say, engaging. And the fun, fun fact is that, you know, like not a lot of people actually talk about this game. It's it's, it's fucking yeah, great. Yeah, it's making so much it's, money, I don't yeah, get it. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Like it's Perfect so product. great. It's making a lot of money. It's great gameplay. And like nobody talks about it. Come Plus on. It has goblins in it. 
Hans kan inte exactly. Yeah. Oh well, of course. Uh, so I guess like there are definitely flyers or like people handing off flyers with uh, with goblins in Scandinavian uh, countries. For sure. That's Part of our folklore, man. It's like yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Do you know like uh, from our favorite data tools like how the retention might look like? Uh, yeah, looking at the retention numbers, they seem super, super, super strong. Like something... Is this from our favorite or second favorite one? Because I don't trust the second favorite one anymore. I think it's second favorite one. Ooh. Ooh. Everything we're saying here, take with a large grain of salt. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's saying, saying somewhere like uh, day seven, over 25% on Android, which is like super, super strong. And day 30, around like 18. Ooh, on, that's on super, super strong. No, like that, yeah, that's, that's super strong. That day seven is fucking like mediocre, but that's uh, my that guess is, is that this is because of the <laughs> like added core gameplay or like active core gameplay yeah. of merging, destroying mm. blocks, and like pretty much engaging with the level design. That that's like driving it because it's really addictive. It's super addictive, and you get to destroy a lot of blocks each time. So you're not mm. stuck into this like oh two upgrades of a Z, Z currency or a DD currency or whatever alphabet number you arrived at and you, you don't <laughs> comprehend the values anymore anyway. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure that uh, next year when we're going to celebrate our first uh, year anniversary, we'll get all um, new t-shirts. Uh, Mr. Jakub having uh, the <laughs> vectors and, and systems on it. <laughs> Felix with decimals and me with like either UA diversification or ASMR slicing. No, you don't get a shirt. You don't wear shirts. You don't get one. Okay. Okay. Okay, Then (laughs) you just get to sit shirtless. Okay. Well, that's fine fine with me. Uh, Let's see (laughs) what others will think about that. But I think it's uh, like, that's, that's it for, for today. So uh, good job guys again. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. always great to kind of review a great product. You learn something, we learn something, and yeah. Yeah, this is a good one. Good to see the industry is moving forward. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, again, thanks guys for subscribing on uh, on YouTube and um, Spotify and Apple. It's growing really nicely and really, really appreciate it. So please keep doing so. Uh, also, please keep uh, sharing the, uh, the insights with your industry colleagues and friends. We love you for that. And uh, yeah, thank you very much, guys, Jakub and Felix. Until next time. Bye-bye. Thank you, Matej. Bye-bye. <laughs>